counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back. And if it's your first visit, it's really great to have you here. I hope you enjoy your stay. Now, I hope that you're well and the sun is shining in your world because today I'm going to be talking about something I've been planning to do really for months. And it all started when I ran a free challenge earlier in the year, because one of the thing, one of the days of challenges was to explore what would you do with an extra £600 a month every month? Now, why £600? Well, that's really just three new clients. And if that, you know, that's an average. So if you charge £50 a, a session, that's three new clients, three new clients over the month comes to £600 a month. And three new clients a month, I think is totally doable. But here's the thing. When I did the question and answer session later, someone said that they felt really guilty for making, and I'm quoting here, making money from other people's pain. <laughs> Do you know that made, that statement really stopped me in my tracks a little bit? Making money from other people's pain. Uh, The way it was phrased made it sound like, as counsellors, we're taking advantage of people in need. And if you have that thought spooking around in your head, it's going to be hardly surprising that you feel uncomfortable trying to attract new clients. So I thought that this would be a really important subject to explore here in the podcast. So what I did was I asked some people that received my weekly email newsletter, what comes up for them when it comes to taking a payment, when it comes to putting prices up or dealing with cancellation, um, cancellation fees? And I had so many responses. So if you're one of the people that took time out of your day to share your thoughts with me, I just want to say a massive thank you to you because it really helped me out. And I hope that this podcast helps you back in return. So look, these are some of the responses that I received. So somebody said to me, I like to offer concessions as it isn't fair that some people can't afford the support they need, but I have an illness and I'm only able to work a limited amount of time. Now, when I read that, I just wanted to give this person like a massive hug because what they're saying is despite their own health issues, they managed to complete their training. And we all know that that takes time, money and effort. So clearly you're passionate about counselling. Yet despite your own time limitations, which means that you've got a limit to the amount of money that you can earn, you're prepared to work for a reduced fee. Now, look, you're providing a professional service. You deserve to be paid. It's okay to not offer concessions. It doesn't make you either a bad person or a bad therapist. Now, somebody else said, people around here can't afford therapy. So I would say, well, look, you know, who says they can't? 
Now, some people can't afford therapy. That's certainly true. But many people can and do pay for counselling. Many people choose to prioritise counselling because they recognise the benefits. Now, somebody else said that many people are referred to me, but they can't afford therapy, especially after the distress of the last 18 months, or that they're on a ridiculously long waiting list on the the NHS for CBT, which doesn't help. Now, when I read that, I thought, well, I I completely get this. I really do. And as counsellors, you know, we're compassionate people. But the fabulous cat love once said, Just because the system is broken, it's not your responsibility to fix it. So I would say if you've got somebody that keeps referring people to you that can't afford therapy, I would say, do you know who these people are and do you know why they're referring to you? Now, it could be that it's another counsellor and they have people asking for confessions, confessions, concessions that they don't offer. And maybe they know that you do. So maybe they're thinking that they're doing you a favor by sending people over to you. So it might be that you need to have a word with them and say that, you know, you no longer offer concessions or that you only have a limited number. Or it might be that the person referring other people to you are, are friends or family and they think that they're actually helping you. So can you have a word to remind them that you're in private practice and that you do require payment so that they're not sending people to you that just clearly have no no money to invest. Now, somebody else said, I'm already worried that I'm charging more than I'm worth. But then they went on to say, I've achieved a first in my counselling BA, but I've just continued volunteering ever since. Now, this makes me feel sad because you're a qualified counsellor. You're offering a professional service. You got a first in your BA. You're worthy of being paid. You're worthy of earning a living. You know, we all are. So I suppose my question would be, what would you what would make you feel worthy of charging? Because I know many people, and when I say many people, I mean I know lots and lots and lots of people that embark in CPD course after workshop, after training trying to get the qualifications in order to help them to feel good enough. But I would say that, look, there's no amount of courses that are going to do that. So if this is something that sounds familiar to you, the work that needs to be done is on yourself. So don't don't go and embark on another course. Embark on some personal counselling, maybe, or do something for you. Do the work on yourself so that you do feel good enough. Somebody else said, I hate taking people's hard-earned money and, yes, gaining from their problems. So I only charge £20 a session, despite paying 50 quid for supervision plus other expenses. So what they said there is, I hate taking people's hard-earned money. And I want to just question that, really, because putting it like that makes it sound like you're doing something immoral. It makes it sound like you're doing something nasty, something deceptive, almost stealing money from them. But what you're actually doing is providing a professional service. And remember, this is a service that they have chosen to invest in. They have decided to empower themselves by prioritizing their own self-care and to make positive changes to their lives. 
So I think looking at some of those responses that people gave me sort of helps me to get an idea of, you know, some of the common things that people are struggling with when it comes to taking payment and feeling guilty about it. So do do any of these sound familiar? So what comes up for you when it comes to charging clients and taking money? So do you feel guilty about charging clients? If you feel guilty about charging your clients, it can show up in many different ways. So it can show up by working for free long after you've qualified. It can show up by offering too many concessions or by not having any clear boundaries around what concessions you offer or who's entitled to those concessions or why you're offering them, which means that you probably offer too many concessions or agree to do it too often. Or it may be that you just don't increase your prices. So my question here would be, when was the last time you increased your prices? It might also show itself up by not enforcing boundaries around mixed sessions or taking late payments. Or it might just show up by feeling like really extremely awkward around taking a payment. So why might we think that people can't afford going to therapy? So this can happen if you struggle to afford your own therapy. So you assume that's how it is for everybody. And to be honest, I think this is really normal. I do it all the time. I kind of assume that everybody thinks like me, which of course they don't. And that's why I get completely shocked when I see things like racist or homophobic comments, because it reminds me that, no, not everybody thinks like me. Or it might be that you took a placement in a charity and the people that you worked with there just didn't have the money for private counselling. And that can have a massive impact about how you feel about charging. It might be that you just want to help everybody, which is a really noble idea. But I need to ask you, is this realistic? Can you do that? Can anybody do that? Because you're going to need to earn an income. You don't have to sacrifice yourself, your wealth or your mental health in order to be a counsellor. Now, if you're familiar with transactional analysis, and actually I'm quite pleased because I just said, I just said transactional and I've done it already. I was going to say, I've just said transactional analysis without tripping up over it. And then I tripped over it. I can never say. So transactional analysis can also be called TA. So that's what I'm going to call it from now on. So if you're familiar with TA, you could be getting caught up in the drama triangle as either a rescuer or a victim. Now, if you're not familiar with TA, it's well worth going and doing a Google search to check it out. I'm not going to go into this in, in any depth here, but I'm going to talk about what how Wikipedia describes it. So basically, the drama triangle is that we have different states that we're in, and these states can and do change in all sorts of different situations, but we tend to have a predominant one that is most likely to be like, you know, how we tend to be. So the three things are the victim, the rescuer, and the persecutor. So the victim in this model is not intended to represent an actual victim, but rather someone feeling or acting like one. The victim stance is poor me. The victim feels victimized, oppressed, helpless, hopeless, powerless, ashamed, and seems unable to make decisions to solve problems, to take pleasure in life or achieve insight. So that's the victim. Now, the rescuer's line is, let me help you. 
So a classic, so a rescuer is a classic enabler, and the rescuer feels guilty if they don't go to the rescuer. Yet their rescuing has negative effects. It can keep the victim dependent, and it doesn't allow the victim permission to fail and experience the consequences of their choices. Now, the rewards derived from this rescuer role, and to me, this is what's really interesting, is that the focus is taken off the rescuer. So when they focus their energy on somebody else, it enables them to ignore their own anxiety and issues. So this rescue role is also pivotal because their actual primary interest is really an avoidance of their own problems, and that can be disguised as a concern for the victim's needs. Now, this reminds me of when, what I've talked about earlier, it reminds me of when therapists embark on CPD after CPD, but don't get personal counselling to help with their issues. Sometimes people can actually get into counselling in order to concentrate on helping other people and avoid their own problems. So I would say, you know, it's worth doing a little bit of reflection around this. And it's if you can recognise that, then there's some work to do there. And that work is really valuable work that will make a difference in your personal life and your professional life. Now, the third one is the persecutor, a.k.a. the villain. The persecutor insists that it's all your fault. The persecutor is controlling, it's, comp- it's blaming, is crip- critical, is oppressive, is angry, is authoritarian, and I can't say that either, and rigid and a superior. Now, I hope that there aren't many counsellors that are predominantly persecutors, but the way that the drama triangle works is that people can change roles. So the rescuer or the victim can flip to be the persecutor. And I think that that's where this becomes really problematic and resentment can occur. So if if you imagine this, if you are in the victim role and you've given your client a concession and then they talk about going on holiday when you yourself can't afford a holiday, then we can understand that somebody might start to feel a little bit resentful. Or if you're in the rescuer role, you may feel compelled to help everyone and you may feel compelled to work for free or to offer a low cost counselling for people that can't afford it. But then you might become really tired or you might be exhausted or burnt out. And again, we can understand why it's possible to feel resentment at that point. And of course, none of that's healthy. The drama triangle isn't a healthy thing. We're all trying to step away from that. So what might be the consequences around feeling guilty about charging? Now, money or rather a lack of money can become a real source of stress. So that means if you get an unexpected bill, you feel stressed. It means that you might never go on holiday, which can leave you feeling stressed. It might mean that you take on too many clients and that might leave you feeling stressed. So working too much without the financial reward means that things become really unbalanced. And as you already know, this can lead to exhaustion, compassion fatigue and burnout, and that can even lead to depression. And look, that's not going to help you. It's not going to help your family and it's not going to help your clients. Now, I had the amazing Howard Baumgarten as my guest a few weeks ago, and he did a podcast called Compassion Fatigue and Burnout, 
what therapists need to know. And I really highly recommend that you take a listen. It's episode 58 and I'll put a link to it below this episode. So let's take a look at, you know, the truth about taking payments. And, you know, the first thing I want to look at really, what is guilt? You know, we talk about feeling guilty, but what actually is guilt? And this is something when I was a counsellor, I used to do this a lot. You, I'm sure you have the same experience. How many times when you're in the counselling room do people talk about feeling guilty about something that's like, you know, it's not their responsibility? So, and I, I, I sort of ask them, you know, what is guilt? Now, the dictionary says guilt is the fact of having committed a specified or implied offence or crime. So I just want to repeat a part of that. It's the fact that you've committed a crime. OK, now let's explore this, because does that accurately represent, does that accurately describe what's happened here? Well, no, <laughs> you haven't committed a crime. You're providing a professional service and you're just asking for a reasonable payment in return. So let's just explore what happens when somebody chooses to go, go to therapy, because I think the key word there is chooses. So somebody makes a choice. They look around, do the, do the research, and they make a decision to embark in counselling. Now, it's their choice to do that. No one made them, and they freely chose you because they felt a connection with you in some way. So out of the thousands of counsellors, they chose you. Now, we can argue that everybody should be able to access free counselling, and I totally agree. But free counselling doesn't mean that the counsellor doesn't work, you know, doesn't get paid. Free counselling means that the counsellor gets paid from another means. And just because that's how it would be in a perfect world, it doesn't mean that you have to feel guilty about charging now while the world is still imperfect. When someone makes a choice to see you for counselling, they will have been through a process they will have reached a point where they recognize that they need help. And they will have chosen that of all the different types of help they could choose, counseling is right for them. And of all the different therapists that they could choose, you are the right person for them. And your client is an adult. Even if your actual client is a child, it's the adult that makes the decision to choose you. And therefore, that client will know before they contact you how much that you charge, because it's going to be on your website and it's going to be on your directory entry if you use them. So that person, that adult has made an informed decision to empower themselves to make a positive change in their lives. And you are allowing them to do that. That's all. No crimes being committed. There's been no manipulation you haven't taken advantage of anyone. They need to access and pay for the professional service that you provide. However, when they're looking around for help, if they realise that they can't afford private counselling, they can also look around to find services that offer free or low-cost counselling. That's for them to do. Remember, our clients are adults. They're adults and they can make their own decision. If they can't afford the price that you charge, that doesn't mean it's down to you to reduce your fee. It just means that you're probably not the right counsellor for them. Just remember you're providing a professional service. I get very, I get very passionate about this, can you tell? <laughs> so 
what are some things that you can do if you currently feel guilty about charging or if you have issues around charging? Now, if you feel conflicted around taking payment, I do recommend that you do some work around your money mindset. Now, I have considerable personal experience of this because this is something that I've struggled with, like, you know, going right back to first working as a counsellor. And it's had a massive impact on the success of my business. So I can only say this is really, really worth working on. And it can really, really hold you back if you don't do some work on it. So if you recognize that this is, you know, something you struggle with, there are many ways to get help. So there are things like podcasts, which are free. You know, I'm a big, I love Denise Duffield Thomas, who is a money mindset coach. And she has a podcast called, what's it called? Chill and Prosper. And that's free. That's fantastic. But there are loads of others. There are loads of books as well. Again, I really like Denise Duffield Thomas's book. There's two that I recommend. One that's called Get Rich Lucky Bitch. And in case you see that title and think, oh, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, that doesn't sound like the sort of thing for me. Try to ignore that title. She's not talking about, you know, buying the latest flash car or getting gold tax for your bathroom. What she's talking about is basic money mindset and feeling comfortable around money. So I do highly recommend those. So she's got Get Rich Book, Lucky Bitch and also Chillpreneur. They're fantastic. They're also available on Audible, which means, you know, if you've got a dog, you can go for a walk and listen to it or in the car or something, which makes it, you know, really easy to access. And something else that is going to cost you a little bit more, so it'll be a little bit more of an investment, but it might mean that you get quicker results, is to invest in a money mindset coach. Now, I in the in the Grow Your Private Practice membership, I also have a, a monthly call that's called Mindset Matters, and we explore all sorts of mindset issues there. And obviously, we can explore money mindset there too. So I would suggest that you maybe do some reflecting around this, maybe do a little bit of journaling around it. So examine some of the thoughts that you might have. So if you think to yourself, well, people in this area can't afford therapy, you know, the truth is not everybody can, but there will be enough people to still bring you in the income that you need. I always consider getting paid is just really good counsellor self-care. Because if we don't get paid, then we run the risk of, well, if we don't get paid, we're not really looking after ourselves. We run the risk of, you know, compassion fatigue, burnout and all the things I talked about earlier. Another resource that you might find really interesting is a podcast that I did with guest expert Sophia Giblin. Now, this was called Five Easy Ways to Give Back to Charity Without Reducing Your Fees or Working for Free. Now, Sophia was a fantastic guest and she shared so much knowledge about things that I'd not actually thought about. And there's even a free download for you too. So go and check episode 32 for a listen. And, you know, this is brilliant because it means that if you want to give back or volunteer, you can find out how to do that on your own terms. And something else, I mean, this is a really simple and really practical way to handle any anxiety that you have about receiving money from clients. And that is get paid in advance. You know, this means that you don't even have to handle money in the counselling room. And it also means it takes away that really uncomfortable situation 
of trying to get a fee from people that have cancelled without giving you sufficient notice or that just didn't show up. Because look, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel like really squirmy. (laughs) And if I can avoid that, then I absolutely definitely will. So that's something really practical that's simple to do. And you can literally start doing that from today. So I've just got one last thing to say, and that is if you still feel bad about charging, if you've listened to everything I've said and you just think, no, I just I just feel really horrible about it. If the whole issue of money makes you feel bad, if it makes you feel guilty, if it makes you feel conflicted and anxious, well, look, do some work around it. But if you've done some work around it, it still feels bad. And this may sound a little harsh, but here's a little bit of Jamie Travis truth talk. It could be that ultimately private practice isn't the right choice for you. It could be that it's more about you getting paid employment to work with people so that the whole money issue is taken away from you. Because ultimately having a private practice is a business and money is a part of running a business. Okay, phew. Well, we've covered quite a lot there today, haven't we? Uh, I really hope that you found it useful. So we've looked today at guilty feelings around charging clients. We've looked at why we might feel guilty, how it might show up, the consequences that you might have for it. And I've also shared with you some practical ideas to help you with this. Now, money mindset is a totally fascinating yet massive subject, and it's something that I'm continually working on, and I see the the benefits of the work that I do constantly. So I really encourage you to do some personal development work on this. It's going to help you personally and professionally. So if you feel guilty about charging, it can be transformational for your business. And can you imagine if you didn't feel guilty about charging. So everybody paid your going rate and you charged a reasonable rate. I mean, what difference would that make to you about how you feel about the work that you do and about how you, you know, the the income that you make, the income that you make is gonna go up. How would that feel? Well, like I say, I really hope that you've enjoyed this and you start receiving a really good income for the valuable transformational and professional work that you do. And I would really love to know what you think about what we've discussed in this episode. So as always, please come and connect with me and, you know, and talk to me. Tell me what you've thought. Let me know if you've got any ideas or any questions or if you've had any ahas. I really would love to know. The best ways are either have a look for me on Instagram, that's at Grow Your Private Practice, or on LinkedIn, just search for Jane Travis, so it's Jane without a Y, and just come and say hi and, you know, let me know what you think. And if you found this podcast useful, remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Okay, that's it for today. Have a fantastic week. Take care, and I hope to speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this then please subscribe to the show and while you're there I'd love it if you could leave me a big shiny five-star review bye